One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast and uh, on today's episode, um, as a tie-in to the uh, recent release of uh, The Northman, uh, we will be discussing uh, not all of the examples but most of the ones that we could find of uh, the Viking genre in cinema. Um, and it's interesting because some of the movies that we talk about like technically fit into a whole bunch of other genres. But this specific area that we're covering is basically like any movie that in some ways is about the whole like Vikings, the Viking culture, all of that stuff. So I'm joined here today by uh, new guest, uh, Corey. Hello. Hello there. Hi. So um, we are basically going to go through a whole bunch of movies. And what's interesting to note is that like about half of these films didn't do well at the box office. And that is a kind of point that I want to make. First of all, is that like, not only did I have to slightly stretch to like find films to talk about that fit into this category, but um, I, I, it made me wonder as a question that, um, uh, no, no, I, let me start again. Um, A question that I was wondering is like, how comes filmmakers, Aside from the How to Drain Your Dragon films, the four films as well, how come filmmakers aren't more like eager to tackle the whole Viking uh, Norse mythos in film? Why do you think that is? It's a, yeah, it is an interesting question when you bring it up because uh, like yeah, the, the films we're talking about today um, weren't huge hits at the box office. I mean, some were like critically uh praised um or mixed or even negative so it is kind of a mixed bag when uh it seems you want to make a film about vikings um it could just be the um kind of violent nature of of the vikings whereas like when you mentioned thor like norse mythology is quite popular but the vikings themselves maybe maybe most people just kind of see them as brutes and just can't really connect to that even though um i'm very excited to see the northman you, you see that trailer it is quite savage and it's like very violent and that could turn people off yeah 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 i'm i'm predicting that uh the northman will be uh, a good movie because it's done by robert eggers and he's a really good filmmaker and um it's got a really excellent cast um but it's probably gonna make like very little money at the box office you know because if, if it's anything like his other movies it's not really going to appeal to a wide audience but you know but but, but, we'll, but we'll see i mean you know i'm i'm ex- I'm still expecting to really enjoy it um you know yeah yeah but this will be the one <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah what, what, what do you mean like the the one that connects with like a lot of people yeah like mm. it, it like it'll be a it, i'm hoping it'll be a hit because it looks fantastic and you know like robert eggers last two films are more art house whereas this one seems mm-hmm. to be more mainstream because it's it is basically um it's a very familiar revenge story it's based off the viking legend that 
uh, inspired Shakespeare to write Hamlet. So it is a it is a story that I feel lots of audiences are familiar with and hopefully can connect to. But we'll know more uh, when it comes out next week <laughs> and see how it yeah, does. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, yeah, but like, but, but anyway, but in terms of like the whole subject of like like Norse mythology, I mean, I uh, I I would say I know like the basics of it, but I never really I never like studied it or anything like that. I don't think and. Um, I always kind of like all it really boiled down to for me is that I kind of got an idea of, you know, what Vikings look like, uh, the kinds of things they used to do, uh, the gods that they prayed to, the kind of religious legends that like surround them and how that stuff has basically been like translated into film. Uh, One thing I do know, and uh, it's an interesting thing across even a few of these movies is that typically they lose an eye, you know, which yes. I think is a big thing, isn't it? In like Norse mythology, that like that Odin like, has Norse one eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, the 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 king of the Viking gods, Odin. Uh, he only has one eye. He's referred to as one eye in uh, certain uh, legends and fables. So uh, yeah, like the the one eye uh, element of like within these films, it's yeah, it, it is very intentional. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely a reference to the uh, to Odin. Yeah, yeah, and on the subject of one eye, I think we should probably start on uh, Valhalla Rising, because um, that one yes. is, I think, more people will like recognize because it's uh, starring Mads Mikkelsen and it's directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, and um, both of them, even though they're like well known for stuff like you know Drive or with Mads, you know, like you've seen him in so many movies, you know, like Casino Royale or Hannibal or the Hannibal TV series. Uh, the, 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 this one is kind of it's a collaboration between them and. Um, what they basically do with this film is that they kind of, um, uh, they kind of like it, it includes certain elements that you might be like familiar with, like the fact that Mads uh, is literally called One Eye and he has only has one eye, uh, mm-hmm. as well as the kind of general like you know the concept of hell and going on a boat like or a ship as they call it, you know, and you know the kinds of brutal violence that occurs and stuff like that. But it's done in much more of a kind of a uh, strange, uh, weird very surreal. experiment. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very experimental manner that, like, you know, um, I have to say, it wasn't like it, it's not like my favorite of his films of reference of reference of of reference of. I, I don't know why I keep saying that, no, of of reference <laughs> films, but I do think that it is quite, um, you know, that there was something quite like. Uh, harsh and brutal and effective about it, especially in how like gray and muddy it looked and how just, you know, it was just, it just felt like a situation where so many like terrible, awful things were happening. And you kind of got mm-hmm. a sense throughout that uh, one eye was almost like, you know, the godlike figure that was making it all happen. And, uh, you know, I think it, it like, I, I, I think that although there, there, there's not necessarily a lot to it narratively, it does leave space for interesting interpretation as to what's even going on in the film. I mean, how yes. do you feel? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree with the fact that it's left open for interpretation, especially with um, how the plot unfolds, because it is about a uh, Matt Mickelson's character, One Eye, essentially being um, uh, kind of encountering the the child, and then encountering the, the the Christian Norsemen and then them going on a odyssey almost uh, to uh, the new world. Basically, I think they end up in Canada uh, mm-hmm. halfway through the film, which, uh, which I really enjoyed because it is that thing that when we think about the discovery of America, the Vikings did find it first. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the uh, Valhalla rising is definitely my favorite of uh, the Viking films we've, we're, we're going to be covering in the episodes just because of that brutality, because of the um, mystery to it. It feels very, um, yeah, it doesn't answer its questions. And yeah, it's the question, is Mads Mikkelsen Odin in this scenario? Like Odin's definitely a presence in the film, I feel. Um, but I, I just love like the, it, it, it just goes into the untouched mysteries of that time period of just like, cause when you, when you watch like the other films, it kind of has that sense of like, Oh, it's just, it's like Hollywood trying to figure out what the Vikings were like. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in this film, it's just like, no, the world's still like untouched. It's undiscovered. Like when they go on this journey, they have no idea what's out there. You know, the red skies and the fog and, and the, the dangers of a land are, are so 
uh, terrifying <laughs> that it's it really just feels like any any second could be their last. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's like it's a conflict of faith as well, because like, you know, we the the Norse mythology, you know, Odin and the gods um, in contrast to the to the Christian Norsemen who accompany uh, Mads on this journey, uh, one eye on the journey. And so uh, I think there's, there's a lot of really interesting ideas in the film, which, uh, I really connected to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I can see that. Cause you know, especially because they actually do seemingly end up going to hell at one point, you know, which is kind of yeah. represented as this, um, <laughs> it, it is the Island, but it's also an Island where like, they seem to kind of go mad. They don't, they, 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 there's nobody there. It just seems empty and desolate. Um, if it is supposed to be hell, then it's one of the most like um, unique depictions of hell that I've seen. And uh, it, yeah, yeah, I did find it to be it, it like I, I thought the music was really good. I thought it was very well shot. Um, you know, it was kind of uh, it, like the the only real problem I kind of just had is that you know it was kind of um, it is like so different that it was kind of hard to. It's not really the type the type of film where you watch it and you get like really invested in anybody it's more like you're just watching a series of events play out um yeah you know, particularly because like because because one eye himself obviously like he doesn't speak um and we don't necessarily we don't really know who he is but we do i mean we know that he's good at fighting and um he does something like good towards the end of the film but yeah, otherwise he's a survivor just, mm-hmm, yeah 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 he's just kind of a pure symbolic representation of like you know of strength and you know but there are other things that as, as i said before you can wonder like is he a godlike figure what is he you know you can you can interpret that and um i do kind of like how it does show that like you know that mads milkerson like does a lot of um physical dedication to his role because you know he's basically shirtless the entire time and and like he's doing so much physical stuff it's in such a muddy dirty looking environment there's so much walking it's just the kind of film where you think to yourself like wow this must have actually not been a really pleasant shoot at all you know no like yeah like the the visual style definitely reminded me of films like the revenant uh where it's just like you know the the harshest conditions mm-hmm. especially when you're speaking of mads like you know shirtless and muddy like the 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 first half of the film he's he's you know he's captive he's bound to like a post and mm-hmm. warriors go up to like you know try and slay him uh he's unarmed yet still conquers and it's just mm-hmm. he is a force um one eye in the film he you know he's like is he even human it's just like he mm-hmm. is he is just strength um in flesh <laughs> and uh that's what ma- that's what makes uh Mickelson's performance so incredible it's a very physical performance yeah like no dialogue it's all about the presence that he mm-hmm. has um within the frame and uh, uh within the cast and uh, I think Refn uses him very very effectively because yeah you don't it's he sticks with you <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and um oh well so yeah it was it, it was interesting um uh, looking at the DVD because I do think the DVD cover kind of missells it as like a kind of 300 style action movie you yeah, know definitely. like literally the poster <laughs> of it is like it's like him behind like an entire army I, I don't even know if this army appears in the film but it's like that uh, it says the tagline is born of violence born of blood born of hell uh, mm-hmm. you know and it's kind of and there's even like blood splotches on the um, on the title or something like that so like yeah. it's so so I I, I, feel, I feel like if you get the DVD or you go into this thinking it's going to be like a total action film, then it's not. I mean, yeah, there is fighting at the beginning, but it's not. It's it's really, really weird. But, you know, that's if you know Nicholas Winding Ref and you know that, like, he always makes really weird movies. But, you know, uh, more often than not, I think that they are pretty good. And I would I would say this is a pretty good one to check out. Um, I I did very, really enjoy it. I just want to say, because this film came out in 2009, um, I think in 2010 or 2011, uh, my friends watched it without me and they just told me mm-hmm. for years like they just they hated it because because of that kind of misadvertising i think they thought mm-hmm. it would be more action orientate oriented uh mm-hmm. film where it's in fact you know it's a very it's a slow burn it's very uh yeah it's very spiritual very ethereal like it's it's tapping into uh Refn's usual kind of like the the human spirit and uh, like mm-hmm. the harshness of it and so it's like yeah if if uh if you see like the the marketing materials and assume this is like a 300 like action film it mm-hmm. isn't <laughs> it's, yeah it's very much it's very much a different kind of beast but yeah definitely still worth watching if uh if you're interested in seeing uh norse viking culture um in 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 the cinematic language it's very very good but uh <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but to move on to um, a couple more, uh, I, I guess you could say like mainstream examples. I don't know. Um, so there are a couple of like um, interesting kind of uh, attempts by certain filmmakers to tackle the uh, the Viking genre and bring it into and kind of um, and 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 do something that might appeal to mainstream audiences, but that didn't work. Um, uh, the next three films we're going to cover are ones that really did not do well at the box office. In fact, the first one, uh, the one that I haven't seen, but the Corey's seen, uh, The 13th Warrior, is actually listed as like one of the biggest box office bombs of all time, um, uh, which is kind of a shame. It was like it's one of um, it was one of John McTiernan's uh, last films uh, before you know, like before he, his career ended. And, uh, you know, it started it, and like it was it, it came out in like 1999 and, yeah. uh, you know, I have a, like, I, I think I read, like, the synopsis on the back of the DVD or something that, like, w- like is it, like, a genre hybrid or is it just a straightforward example of, you know, of a, a Viking person or something like that? Like, what, what what's going it's, on in it? What's it like? Yeah, the 13 Warrior, it's definitely, it definitely feels like a um, typical Hollywood uh, kind of film of the time. You know, you got you got Antonio Banderas as the lead, you've got... Uh, and, and it's it's basically it's it's adapted from a Michael Crichton novel uh, called Eaters of the Dead. Um, so it's kind of the which it's so it's kind of like a mix of Beowulf, um, the tale of Beowulf, because Beowulf's one of the characters in the film, mm-hmm. as, as well with like the um, Antonio Banderas plays a character named Ahmad Ibn uh, Fadlan, which I'm sure I've butchered, and I apologize, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was a 10th century. Um, Arab Muslim traveler, and he kind of wrote accounts of those travels across the world, and he met the Volga Vikings. And mm-hmm. so the, the this film is like more of a like it's adapting those kind of uh, tales into a more action orientated idea. Uh, so it's basically mm-hmm. he is the thirteen warrior. Him and a group of Viking warriors are off to kind of go fight a threat towards the clan. It funnily enough, it reminded me a bit of like The Hobbit because it is like. Um, the outsider joining this group of uh, warriors, and I'd say that what the what the film does, which I enjoy, which it it kind of it's about yeah, it's about an outsider warming up to and earning respect of the Vikings, and kind of vice versa. It's like a clash of cultures. It's the fact you know they use different weapons, they view life differently. You know, the typically Vikings would be portrayed as kind of very boorish, you know, drinking you know, fighting, hunting, very brutish. But like, as you go through the course of the film, you realize, you know, it is the strong warrior spirit. It is, you know, the the desire to reach Valhalla as a, as a noble uh, Norseman. Um, and so, yeah, it feel, it's, a, it's a very kind of like standard 90s action film. I was surprised that, even though it opens up with the credits saying that McTiernan directed it, I was surprised it was him because it didn't feel as good as his other work. <laughs> Um, no, 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 no. The, I, I think this was what, like, he did like the Thomas Crown affair the same year, and I think that that was well received. But this was when, like, he was starting to, like, yeah, uh, become really unpopular, <laughs> which is a, a shame because, like, you know, some of his. Movies I wouldn't be surprised amazing. if this had like um, interference. Uh, oh, okay. How comes? Scenes. Just, just because, just because, like, some set pieces just kind of feel very lifeless, and so, like, it's like, oh, did someone come in and like just throw in another action scene to kind of like mm-hmm. spread out the runtime or, you know, did they, did they want to make it less, um, uh, violent? Um, did they want to make it, uh, more accessible? Cause that's what I was saying, as we were saying before, just, you know, Vikings can, I think could possibly turn audiences off because of the brutality. So it's like, did they try and make it more accessible and just kind of lose the edge to the film? Cause that's the, cause I kind of liked it, but I didn't love it. It okay. is for me one of the more kind of forgettable films in the in the bunch we're going to be talking about today. But okay, all right, it, uh, all right, okay, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. So, so unfortunately, it didn't do well. But I assume it's not like mm-hmm. a forgotten classic or anything like that. No, um, I, I wouldn't say it's an underrated cult classic at all. It's mm-hmm. just kind of one of those things that, like, I, I found it on Disney Plus. It's just gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be one of those things that's gonna be just be probably be buried in DVD bin streaming services. You can watch it one afternoon. Mm-hmm. It won't change your yeah. life, but um, okay. It, it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you so, do love it, mm-hmm. more power to you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna 
judge that choice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and to, and to go on to one that uh, I've seen that he hasn't seen, uh, that actually also didn't do well at the box office, which was a surprise to me, uh, Beowulf, the um, uh, the one that was made in uh, 2007 by uh, Robert, Robert Zemeckis when he was in his like motion capture stage of his career. Ah, uh, um, yes. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the kind of the, 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 the period that he's not doing anymore, but that, you know... I do remember the trailers for this when it um, came out. I, it did look strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the time, like it was, it was very polarizing. And and, and I mean, I don't know. I, I I I don't necessarily miss that style of animation, but that was like kind of an interesting period where like he where he was trying to like um you know mm-hmm. take the medium of anim- of like animation and then like blend it with like some stuff that looked more real. I guess you could say you know. And that was. I think with like what was it like Mars needs mums or something like that and didn't end up doing well at all and that was really that and that was a total failure so that kind of stopped it, um, but yeah so but but you, but you have that and but so 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 this film it was of that period uh, and is I do actually have a little bit of history with this movie as well because like um, I actually remember seeing this movie when I was a kid uh, at the cinema and. Like the first time I saw it, I was really, really like shocked by it. Um, and it's not necessarily that I like didn't watch like adult stuff as a kid, but I think like seeing it in the cinema and like the amount of like heavy violence, how like brutal a lot of it was, uh, also really how sexual it is. I was really like I, I was baffled for years that that film was like given a twelve A rating. Uh, <laughs> You know, because I mean, it like 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 when you watch it, I think you'll be you'll be really really surprised that they managed to like get away with that, or even like a PG thirteen rating over in the US and stuff like that. Because it was because it's a really really like, I mean, and upon rewatching it, like, I mean, it's not as violent as I remember it being, or as scary, but it's still pretty heavy, you know. Uh, but anyway, but as a movie, right? So, um, yeah, I found it like it, it wasn't um. It was better than I remember it being, but it still wasn't great. And I think it's interesting because there is this like extreme push and pull throughout the film. Because on the one hand, I do think that a lot of the animation is quite good. But on the other hand, I do feel like the motion capture aspect of it is quite distracting, particularly because a lot of the models look like the actors that are playing them. Um, yeah. And it kind of, it, it so it seems it's a little bit weird because obviously the voices are recognizable and a lot of the facial models are quite recognizable as well but they're not like human you know they're they're, they're not like people they're just it's like is it like a un, it's that uncanny valley isn't it it's uh yeah a little bit yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so it's quite strange particularly whenever there's like a close-up or anything like that but um and i think that that's why what i just did was i just kind of focused more on the voices you know i just focused more on the acting because the acting is quite good in the film, I do think that um, the voice acting does add a lot of life to the film and does add a lot of energy. And I do actually think that a lot of the camera, the the direction and cinematography and camera choices are quite good. Uh, they do that. It, 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 it is quite a well shot film. Um, it also does feel kind of long, though. And, you know, I do. it felt a bit longer than its 150 minute runtime because it does feel a little bit slow paced um and a bit drawn out as well uh but you know i mean story-wise i did find it to be very um i did find there to be something interesting about it about the whole beowulf story about him coming to slay this monster and about how you know he builds this legacy that uh based on like you know in some parts based on lies as well that he kind of tells you know and stuff like that and it was kind of um uh it was interesting to see that play out and it was also uh, effective sometimes because of the action the action was quite good um but there was also this push and pull between like me kind of being able to take it seriously and me really not because a lot of it is quite silly but it is totally played straight um and there are some moments that are kind of unintentionally funny um you know if you if you've seen the film especially i think that there are certain scenes that like are very very hard to take seriously uh and yeah over uh, yeah so overall it's not like it's not something that I'd like highly recommend, but it is something that um, it did. I do respect what it was trying to trying to do. Um, I do respect the fact that there was this mainstream, really, really adult like animated film, basically, you know, like one that got yeah. wide release, one made by a major director, one that has big actors in it that like is quite like, you know, heavy and dark and stuff like that. But, you know, but yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, so it's, 
it's always nice to see like filmmakers take a swing like that, even if it turns yeah, out well or not. It's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, like take a risk, see what yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, see what yeah, you can yeah, come yeah. up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with like you know an, a, a animated movies and stuff like that. But you know, um, yeah, 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 it, yeah. It, so yeah, I mean, so uh, uh, there was that, and um, uh, what else? Also, the design of uh, Grendel was really, really good as well. I found because uh, I mean that's partially why I found the film scary as a kid because I found him really scary and terrifying. Well, you know, well, you mentioned um, Grendel, like in the Thirteen Warrior. That's kind of like the, the threat of the film is like the, mm-hmm. the the beast, and so that's kind of what they're off to go chase. So yeah, Beowulf uh, is a is an element in that film as well. So just going back to Thirteen Warrior real quick, they try and make it like kind of more Vikings facing monsters and that's kind of the appeal of that film but uh so so yeah it looks like yeah they in viking films it's always about trying to get the warriors up against um a greater threat than uh a greater force than just a, a man and they need mm-hmm. to have them fight beasts <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and uh but yeah 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 uh, uh the uh the main theme in uh, beowulf is really really good as well it's actually it's it, it's still stuck in my head it's it, it is a really good uh piece of music but um yeah, so so there was that one, um, and yeah, and then and then um, we'll move on to like another two uh, that were like that I I think were like much much smaller releases, but um, uh, also kind of were like somewhat attempting to be like you know action uh, like kind of action movies and stuff like that. Um, and two films that also are kind of similar in my mind in that they're both not that great. Uh, Outlander and Pathfinder. Um, I did think the Outlander was better, but um, that's not by a lot, you know. I put, I I I wasn't really a big fan of either of these movies. Oh, so I did. I was not not able to see Outlander. I did see Pathfinder. Okay, um, yeah, you know, and, let, let's and, yeah, no, I can one. I can definitely see. Uh, um, yeah, Pathfinder is a is is definitely a. I guess it's a, yeah, it is a film. I would call it that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it had a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's. I really like the visual style of it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Just because, just yeah, it was like, it was that kind of 300, mid-2000s kind of gritty mm-hmm. music video kind of look. And I just like, what I what I liked about it was, I think I watched this right after I watched um, The Vikings, which was made mm-hmm. in the 50s, just how gnarly the mm-hmm. costumes were. And like, you, you have Clancy Brown in it as like the chieftain. He's basically just playing yeah. Kurgan again. Yeah, and so yeah, I just yeah. I just liked I just liked how gnarly the film looked. I I didn't I think the the plot really peters out kind of halfway mm-hmm. through, and no one's doing like a bad job. It's just like they didn't have enough to make anything substantial here, and it's like it definitely definitely feels like a lot of it's just being held up by Clancy Brown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, being, yeah, and, and I... his presence because I was mm-hmm. like I'm kind of liking the violence, and I'm kind of liking how gritty it all looks, but like this is about 90 minutes and that can maybe only keep my attention for 10. So yeah. 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 I, 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 I don't know. So I sort of re- agree with, uh, uh, with, with what you're saying. I don't know. For me personally, I found it um, uh, to be kind of a, a bit too like mean spirited to like enjoy, you know? And oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It, it, I, I, I don't know. I found it like it, it, it just felt very, very like brutal and harsh. And, you know, I just, I just wasn't really able to, get that into it is like is entertainment because of that you know um i did i i wasn't i was, I, I didn't like the action i thought i thought i didn't think it was that well shot uh on occasion there was maybe a good bit of violence or a good bit of fighting but um i, I wasn't that impressed by the action i, I wasn't yeah really... no i i agree with that because like there were set pieces where it's just like this should be more exciting especially like the thing at the end with the mm-hmm. like the cliff face and yeah. the rope it's like this should be yeah. It's very hard to tell what's going on because of like yeah. the saturation of the image. Like it's just very mm-hmm. harsh darks and whites, and you just don't really. It's it's hard to get a sense of like the spatial reasoning of why any of this any of this is happening. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, and 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 there was nothing necessarily like wrong with the story inherently, even though it was kind of kind of thin. Um, but I do think it's one of those things that maybe could have been like held up more by. Um, but by, 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 by either like more fun, better filmmaking, uh, better characters, better story. You know, it was it, it, it was basically what thin. it felt like to me <laughs> is it felt more like a kind of like edited down version of a film that like if it were fully complete would probably be decent. You know, like because yeah, the the idea is that the the plot of the film is that uh, Carl Urban is mm-hmm. a viking child who who washes up on the shores of 
North America, the North American continent mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And he's taken in by a Native American tribe. And 20 years later, when he's a young man, the, the, the Viking hordes return to subjugate and pillage the, mm-hmm. the North American tribes. And he has to, you know, kind of, it's like, you know, who, who, who am I really? Am I, am I part of the tribe or am I part of mm-hmm. the Viking clan? And um, mm-hmm. again, that should be an interesting conflict for a character, but like, it's just so underwritten. And yeah, kind of, yeah. that it, it really isn't playing to at all because it's just like, yeah, it's a really missed opportunity. And again, it just feels like very, as you're saying, like mean spirited at times, like kind of exploitative towards kind of the both cultures it wants to represent. There's like no, there's no real desire to look at either the Native American tribes or the Viking clans like as human beings, but rather just like the, the stereotypes we associate them with. So like, oh, hunter gatherers, like, you know brutes murderous raping brutes like it's just, yeah, there's no yeah, there's yeah. no nuance there's no depth it's just it, it almost it's just kind of it, yeah it's it's very um very one-dimensional but i yeah, but yeah it's yeah, one yeah. of those things it's i just like you know i like clancy brown mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's, it's always nice to see him show up in a movie so i kind of tolerated it for him mm-hmm. yeah 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 and uh yeah it, but it's and uh outlander um kind of like uh, outlander had a couple of similar issues but um it did at least have kind of an interesting like kind of genre hybrid hybrid element to it um it, it it did have at least like a somewhat decent like somewhat likable lead character and like I, I a few more opportunities for like the actors to properly act and um a bit more of a story as well uh i i still wouldn't say it's a great movie but it's kind of just it, it's kind of it's like kind of just a decent um there's slightly more there. hybrid b movie you know kind of a decent like uh oh, it's, film. Sci- it's sci- science fiction and vikings okay mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, probably, yeah. I'll try and track that one down and yeah, watch yeah, it. yeah. i like sci-fi <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i mean it, like basically what it is is it's kind of like um uh like lord of the rings meets predator almost or lord of the rings okay. meets alien <laughs> that's that's kind of what it is and you know it's not as good as those movies, but it's still like um, uh, I, I I don't know. It's it had the same kind of issue where it did take itself too seriously, but it's more it's more just you know it's more just a standard you know like like hero narrative. Um, I did find it to be kind of cliched, but it it kind of had. Um... Hey, folks! I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. It had a story that was easy to invest in and a little bit more to it, but, you know, and and it did have some good uh, dramatic moments, but yeah, still, but still not that memorable of a film. Um, Yeah, but to, so to move away from those ones and to move on to, uh, what is it? Oh yeah, uh, the Vikings. Uh, yeah, that was like now, and now we're going back really, really far. We're going all the way back to like pretty much yeah, the, the, the kind of the first example we could find mm-hmm. of Vikings yeah. in cinema, literally called the Vikings. Mm-hmm. It was made in 1958. It was directed yeah. by Richard Fleischer. Who mm-hmm. let's just check his resume real quick. He oh he did Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, also mm-hmm. with Kirk Douglas. He did a uh, mm-hmm. 
Fantastic Voyage, uh, Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, quite quite the mm-hmm. resume here. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I quite enjoyed this film. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't love it. Uh, I thought it was good. Um, I did think that I, I thought it had a good sense of like um, old Hollywood grandeur. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it had a story that was uh, that was kind of carried a little bit by the fact that it did actually have good characters, particularly the villain that Kirk Douglas plays, who is quite like disturbing but also quite charismatic mm. and uh, and actually a little bit complex. Um, and it also did have uh like yeah it had good filmmaking it had uh quite good acting um even had like tony curtis giving a a bit of a different performance to like what he used to give because it's him playing like the hero and it's him playing like the um it's him playing somebody who like speaks in a voice that he doesn't usually speak with you know i i don't know i haven't seen a lot of tony curtis movies but i know is, is this like atypical for him from what you can tell um I'm not sure. Like, uh, I think I think having him play kind of the he's more of the romantic mm-hmm. hero in this as opposed mm-hmm. to Douglas. And like, I agree with you. I think Douglas is actually quite good in this film because mm-hmm. um, yeah. for like for the '50s, they have a character that kind of like menacing, mm-hmm. yeah, um, which could like threaten a star's persona. It's like I actually quite enjoyed it. But then again, you know, I'm not. I haven't seen every film Kirk Douglas has done, but yeah, he's quite the bastard in this. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, Tony Curtis is the like exact opposite. He's the he's the he's the romantic hero. Uh, he's the he's he's the one you root for. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, like I I feel like I'm I'm you know I remember Tony Curtis from like some like it hot or mm-hmm. uh, like the or you know, the, the Boston Strangler. So it's kind of like he mm-hmm. he's a very versatile actor, and I feel mm-hmm. like um, yeah, depending on how familiar you are with him, yeah, he 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 constantly surprises. So. But uh, yeah, what's good about this? Uh, what's good about the Vikings that it, it doesn't like it, like you say, the old Hollywood grandeur. It's it feels like the like the old swashbuckling adventures. It's the it's the Viking culture very very diluted. I mm-hmm. it is kind of probably where a lot of our it's every cliche in the book. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means like you know it's it's not it's not the grisly um, realism that I think Valhalla Rising or the, the Northmen would probably present mm-hmm. the culture with because it's like you yeah. know it's Ernest Borgnine is like the the king king mm-hmm. of the Vikings and he's he's drinking mead and he's eating mm-hmm. you know he's got feasts all about mm-hmm. him and uh, they're 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 all just a bunch of lovable rogues and it's just it, mm-hmm. even though and even though to present like that they don't brush over the fact that like they pillaged villages and they were quite menacing and they they raped and they killed mm-hmm. and. So it is an interesting film of the of the era, which is like they're not shying away from the reality of what the Vikings did, but at the same time also not presenting them as threatening as they were. <laughs> yeah, because I because yeah, yeah. I was thinking of like I was watching, I just kept thinking of like how how like pirates would be portrayed in that era, which is like oh the pirates were very swashbuckling heroes, and I didn't really get into a lot of that like you know the pillaging and the raping and the <laughs> and the horrible 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 stuff. Whereas yeah. um, with this film. They kind of have it. They kind of do it both ways, and it works basically. Because yeah, you have the you have the romantic Tony Curtis, and you have kind of the lovable Ernest Borgnine, but then you have Kurt Douglas, the bastard, basically, mm-hmm. kind of uh, yeah. who, who also is, has his eye clawed out by mm-hmm. a hawk or a raven, and mm-hmm. is blind mm-hmm. in one eye. The one eye uh, motif continuing again and again, uh, going back to like Pathfinder, someone gets their eye cut out, and thirteen mm-hmm. yeah. four, I think that happens there as well. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One yeah. eye, one eye's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really, I really like the Vikings. Like you said, the great filmmaking. There's some terrific uh, set pieces, especially the third act set piece. There's amazing, just wide shots of their Viking boat going mm-hmm. across the water. It's, it's, it's a very, it's yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're a fan of like old Hollywood, classic Hollywood, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, d- I did quite like uh, how the film um you know it had a couple of like familiar like fantasy tropes like uh the uh the illegitimate son uh mm-hmm. the person who spends most of their life as a slave and then kind of fights their way out um or even like you know the uh the the the, the woman who's like in distress and has to be like saved and stuff like that as a few of those like tropey elements you know but it's quite um yeah i think yeah. I, I i did find it to be uh like like fairly compelling and um uh, it also 
kind of helped as well that the film was willing to like you know like subvert your expectations a little bit with like you know the the ending and the outcome of the Kirk Douglas like character you know because it yeah. kind of it gestures in a few different right in in a few different ways and then it kind of ends on this moment that is kind of earned but also you do think to yourself this is karmic and deserved and stuff like that so yeah because yeah. it, it's a film that definitely um explores like that the, you know the warrior spirit to the viking you know they mm-hmm. they fight to to die with honor basically mm-hmm. you know they they seek the glory of valhalla mm-hmm. which is a, a big theme of uh of the vikings and a few of these other films is just like you know the the, the to to die a a warrior's death is the greatest honor a viking can have and we see that very it's a big part of the vikings here because it is all about um you know what what are these characters lives worth and like um without getting the spoilers but you know it's like tony kurt uh tony curtis's character kirk douglas's character and ernest borgnine's character kind of all have this moment of just like you know how how will their life end how um will they make it mean something you know what does it mean to die as a viking and i, I that was one of the parts i really enjoyed because that's something about vikings overall which i just find really fascinating that fact that they they chase death almost <laughs> with with fervor they 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 want the greatest death they can possibly have whereas nowadays i don't think you know we're quite rational we we avoid death best we can <laughs> yeah i agree um so uh and and that's interesting as well because like because because you're bringing up the whole concept of like you know of of um of like certain aspects of like viking like culture they're a bit disconnected from the films uh uh, it, like, do you, do you do you feel like that gets represented a lot, like in media that's not really directly about Vikings? I do definitely feel that um, Norse Viking culture is kind of um, a big influence on lots of other films, specifically within the science fiction and fantasy genres. Like you mentioned at the beginning of the the podcast, like the, the Thor films, the Norse mythology has been. Uh, a direct influence into superhero films, you know, the Thor, Loki, Odin, they've all been turned into superheroes. Um, but like, you know, one of my favorite films, Mad Max Fury Road has a, you know, features several references to Valhalla, you know, the Viking afterlife, the, the, the warrior's paradise. So it's, you know, all these, all these um kind of sycophants to the, a uh, Morton Joe, the war boys, they, if they, they believe that they would die a glorious death, on the Fury Road, they will enter Valhalla, and then, you know, um, in more recent years, you know, uh, Star Trek um, has kind of turned the Klingons into like space Vikings. They had their own version of Valhalla. I think they call it Stovacor. They 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 drink and they feast and they they seek death. Like the the character of Worf uh, has a has a great catchphrase. This is like you know, it is a good day to die. Like he he like a Viking kind of seeks the battle. He seeks the fight despite the um star trek's uh usual kind of demeanor of non-conflict you know uh find find the peaceful solution Worf's always ready to go down <laughs> swinging so yeah like uh, even though there are very few films out there which deal directly with the viking culture um it always feels like the vikings have always been an influence on various other types of stories like i even think of like lord of the rings like the dwarves I've, i have a feeling they have a bit of viking in them uh, especially like you know Gimli. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it's it's easy to see the fantasy genre as being kind of interchangeable. Uh, so therefore, you could maybe look at the stuff that you see in these Viking movies, and then I don't know, interchange that with like you know other stuff it, that that come from like different cultures or stuff that's like kind of different. I mean, even in these movies, you know, the whole Viking aspect is kind of. Uh, it's it, it's not always like tackled in the same way in in these films um so yeah but but anyway so mm-hmm. uh what what's most interesting actually is so, so let's move on to probably like the most well-known and best examples it, it, in my mind these are probably some of the best cinematic examples of like you know of this of this genre even though it occupies a lot of other genres as well uh the how to train your dragon uh trilogy which um yes is interesting because like you know i saw each of these films at the cinema and it's one of the few times where like 
I saw a film, I saw its sequel, and I saw the last one uh, all at the cinema for the first time and didn't watch them for a second time in between. So, mm-hmm. but I rectified that today by uh, basically binging all three of them back to back. And uh, I'd say this I is a, it's a really, yeah, I, I think these are really like great, strong set of films. And, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't rewatch these when I was on the uh, DreamWorks episode. So I didn't have as much to say about them, but, you know, but, 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 but yeah, I mean, the, the, the first one I think is a really big accomplishment, you know, because it kind of, um, it looks kind of like if you looked at it in the advertising, you might think it will be, it will be just sort of a cliched, like boy and his dog story, um, mm-hmm. you know, but just with a dragon instead, but instead it's actually quite a good, you know, story about like pacifism and nonviolence and, you know, also parenthood as well, because you're seeing yeah, the main character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Intertwines that heavily into the story and, you know, the kid deciding what you like, Hiccup deciding what he wants to be. And, you know, it's a great, I think it's a really good coming of age story. I think it's really, really beautifully animated. Um, you know, it's about, it's like 12 years old, but I, th- I think it still looks really good. I think it's still really well directed. And, uh, you know, I think it's, um, it establishes this world and, but it has kind of a lot of focus on, you know, just like, uh, basically like Hiccup the lead and kind of gives him this journey that he goes on with uh, the uh, main dragon that he befriends, Toothless. And you kind of just get the sense of, you know, their relationship growing and, you know, the whole, and it kind of proving the whole point about, you know, like, uh, not just with like, you know, animals, but also with like other people as well. It's like, you know, don't be violent, uh, be really, really nice to each other. And then you can befriend and, you know, come together and stuff like that. I still, I, I've, I thought it was great. No, yeah. Um, what I really enjoy about the films, as you were kind of pointing out, is that it, it's, even if it's, it's a chi- animated children's films, it's like directly confronting our concept, our like our notions of what Vikings are. Like it's it's confronting the violence, it's confronting the uh, masculinity. You know, Toothless is a uh, very you know he, no beard, very thin, um, unmasculine as one would say. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. the 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 film, you still there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So yeah, the, the film, uh, which reminds me quite a lot of, um, in a very good way of like the iron giant where it's like, yeah, it's a coming of age story, about a boy kind of, um, confronting the, the world around him. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of it being 1950s America, it's, you know, Scandinavia in the Viking yeah. era. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, with, with how to train your dragon in the first one and the second one, um, and you know, all three it's, it's, yeah, it is about, you know, the Viking culture, beyond the violence uh-huh. and kind yeah. of because like it's very beautiful like when you get to like you know in the later films where it's like the when the vikings and the dragons are like partners in uh-huh. existence yeah 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 not just like in battle but just like in the home life you know they, uh-huh. the, the dragons help with the agriculture with uh-huh. the transport with uh-huh. you know it's it's a it's a true partnership like any like uh-huh. it is like yeah it's like boys and their dogs but mm-hmm. the dog can fly <laughs> yeah 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 if the animals were like much more like sentient and stuff like that but um but yeah yeah i i do it is interesting though that it's kind of a deconstruction of the like harshness that like we see be represented in like vikings and stuff like that um partially because it's like animated obviously and aimed at like a wider audience but also even then just inherently in the story it's you know anti-violence yeah. anti-hatred and stuff like that and you know and i think so so the first one does it uh, does that stuff really well i think the sequel is fantastic i love uh, yeah, i loved what yeah. they um i loved how it like furthered the story like yeah you know furthered the kind of universe as typically a sequel would do but what it did well was it took like it, it you know it was much it was much darker much more dramatic yes. uh you know it kind of um it it, it, it kind of gave us like uh the the story of Hiccup going from a kid to basically having to like work out like how he's going to then eventually become like a man and stuff, you know, and it's got, um, you know, it's got like a, a fantastic like third act that has like all these kinds of like really, again, really well animated, like, you know, battles and fights and stuff. But then there's this like really big emotional moment that occurs, you know, that's just, that I, that I thought was great. And, um, you know, I love, I, I love, I'd say it's a, it, it's definitely one of the best like animated sequels that, um, you know, I still remember the first time I saw How to Train Your Dragon 2 and just my jaw mm-hmm. dropping. Mm-hmm. And like at those, 
at those things you're hinting at, like the third act um, mm -hmm. beat. So I'm just like, this is incredible. And I, I really thought like after kind of that moment happens, I thought they were going to end the film right there. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they, they go on, they, they give a, they, they do give it resolution. I thought we were going to get like a full blown cliffhanger, mm -hmm. um, almost like Empire Strikes Back or something. Yeah, I yeah. felt like these mm -hmm. mad men, I can't believe like they're doing this in a children's film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know it was, uh, the, the film does resolve itself and is a very great ending, but yeah. I, mm -hmm. I just remember being blown away by mm -hmm. just the um, confidence that the filmmakers mm -hmm. had in telling that kind of story mm -hmm. in that format for, for, yeah, for like a, for a wide audience. They're just like, no, th these are the consequences mm -hmm. of the actions the characters have taken, you know, like how to train your dragon Two goes more into like the, the dragons being seen less as a threat and more as a commodity. So like they're being, they're, they're, it's hard like i wouldn't say like it's not their humanity but it's like their their souls almost like you know uh that part of them that makes them more than just um, a slab of meat uh, yeah more than just a beast like that's part still being taken from them mm -hmm. but not in the sense of them being hunted for sport it's just because oh oh no they can be useful like yeah. they're still like mm -hmm. livestock to a portion of the world like the the vite that you know the experiment on mm -hmm. Burke, the island where they all live is, you know, it, it can still just be a fluke. The, the, the old ways can still find their way back. And so like, it's, you've still, you've got to, the only way you've got to move forward. And so, and again, just keep continuously challenging, um, not just kind of the Viking stereotypes, but, um, the, just all those elements of kind of cultures, which just kind of try and break down progress. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, a terrific, yeah, yeah, yeah. terrific trilogy. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I agree. And, um, but yeah, yeah. And, and also I did, did personally feel like it was basically, it was almost an attempt at like deconstructing the first film or at least like, uh, you know, the ideal yeah. link up was kind of abide, abiding by, cause it did, it kind of, it ended it, up balancing it, did, it a, yeah. little, a little bit, but it ended up basically ended up kind of saying both like, Oh, what he does won't always work and also uh what he does inherently works better than what like the villain is doing you know so it's kind of i, I would say it's both like deconstructing the first film but also keeping oh, it yeah, like keeping hiccups, less inconsistent hiccups quite like overconfident in the second mm -hmm. one because of because of the victories in the first and like you know he's humbled mm -hmm. <laughs> quite quite um quite efficiently in, in know, the second yeah, one. And, yeah. and like and then in the and then in the third one because um yeah it's yeah. just always it's always just to be about like you got to rise to that challenge and like it, it shows a really great way of like what it means to be a viking where it's just like no it's not the savagery it's not the pillaging it's like it's about it's the nobility it's the fact mm -hmm. that you know you you're a warrior and you must defend uh what is right um yeah. which is like which is how the film interprets that you know i'm not saying the historically the vikings were you know noble <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe somewhere yeah. but like it but it's like it's that presentation of like you know masculinity viking in the viking culture is like it's it's about you know the doing what's right and not just mm -hmm. being like it's not just strength it's it's yeah strength of mind strength of soul and the the films do such a great job of of, uh, of having that character hip, hiccup become his own man in that sense yeah, 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 and I think um, you know, yeah, yeah, both of them were uh, uh, the 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 first two ones were definitely were like were 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 very successful. It led to a lot of like spinoffs and stuff like that. But then it um, but then it like concluded in the in the third film, which um, you know, I'll, I'll admit I wasn't really a fan of the third film when I uh, first saw it. Um, and upon rewatching it, uh, I do appreciate it a lot more. Just having seen the first two films like right beforehand it did make me see like okay this is clearly this is the end this is resolving the story in more yeah. of an actual way than i expect than i felt when i first saw it because when i first saw it i just found it to be very like meh i just found it to be very like you know i did i didn't really i didn't track the progress so i just yeah i think it, it's the, the gap between the second one and the third one was like five years mm -hmm. so it's like yeah. it was just it's like it just had been a while like and mm -hmm. i kind of had that same reaction too where it's just like oh okay but it's like you know it's mm -hmm. just because after seeing the second one and like that finale yeah. you're just like oh my god like <laughs> yeah 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 you, you really you really are blown there. away by it so when you when you see the third one like that happens with every third one uh third mm -hmm. film where it's just like you you do have those expectations in your head mm -hmm. and so you, you just yeah. kind of got to get that out of the way and then you rewatch it like a year later and realize oh no no what they have done is like in track with everything they've mm -hmm. set up before 
Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, because because yeah, I do I do think um, uh, there is the attempt to like conclude the story by like having it be about change and moving on, and um, oh, you know, which was like a weird theme the of, of like, a bunch of yeah, yeah, uh, which was a weird theme of like a bunch of twenty nineteen animated films that a lot of them were like about the characters like moving on from each other, you know, like Toy Story four or like yeah. Frozen two and stuff like that. And this one is kind of similar in that it's kind of about like you know toothless like maturing, you know, because like finding a mate. Uh, going back to his own world and stuff like that and like you know then pick up kind of maturing because obviously now he's like the chief and stuff like that he's the leader and you know again he does get like you know taken down a peg a few times but you know but there are i i would still say that there is still like a lot to enjoy about the movie it's really well animated um it is very um it, it, do, it does manage to like hit the emotional like beats especially like towards the end um you know of like of seeing the story conclude and seeing the characters like grow up and mature and um yeah like my, my only real issue with it is that uh it, well, well I, I did have a couple of problems with it again i do think it's not as effective as the other two and i do think that um uh you know the supporting cast here feel kind of like aren't very well utilized you know which is not a problem yeah, yeah. First two films, because the in the first two films the supporting cast was like quite strong but in the third one it feels like they're either like kind of in it a bit too much or it well it feels like they're in it but they're not really doing anything that noteworthy like it feels like it just come comes down to hiccup toothless and like rimmel the villain that they're the most important ones and that everybody else they're kind of just they're taking up space you know it's that kind of um i don't know it's that issue sometimes that you get with certain sequels where they bring back characters but like they couldn't really work out what to do with them so they're just yeah. sort of they, they need them they need them on the poster mm to sell toys but they don't know what to do with them in the film <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Or, or, or they're just existing because it would be weird if they weren't there but you know yeah con- they, contract they, obligations <laughs> yeah i mean it could have been that yeah maybe but, but anyway but that but that was kind of a problem but you know i do think that um it does it like i, I, I would say it's like a, a, a good wrap-up for the for the series it's just, it's just not like um i wouldn't put it up there with like you know one of the best uh, third entries into a trilogy. Oh, no. I, would ju- I would just say it was. De- I, w- I would just say it's a it's a decent like wrap up. Like you know, you watch yeah. it by the end of it, and you kind of feel like, okay, this is like good. This is like this concludes the story nicely. You know, um, you know, you're not necessarily demanding that they make like a fourth one because you know, especially with like the very end of the film, they kind of very clearly. It, yeah, it'd be hard to make a fourth one off that, but mm-hmm. you you never know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, because I think that, like, uh, DreamWorks have actually, like, been fairly good with that, because for the most part, I think that they do just stick to uh, trilogies, you know, like Kung Fu Panda, um, mm-hmm. or oh, what else, like Madagascar, uh, this one as well, you know, for the most part, I think they're good at, like, just leaving it at a certain point, you know? Well, yeah. even, well, well with, with Shrek, they did do, like, a fourth one, you know? And but even another- now, that was, like, ten years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they they're doing another like Puss in Boots as well, but you know that was, but 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 that's not the same as doing another like Shrek film or anything like that. You know, Puss in Boots. That's the the next one that's coming out like next year, I think. So yeah, but you know, but so there's that. But other than that, no, no, for the most part, I'd say they're pretty good. And you know, this one, it's like okay, you have yeah, you do have a set of uh, three really solid they're, films that uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, definitely, I would highly recommend. Yeah, like probably the safest Viking films to watch if like mm-hmm. you're opposed to or like if you're uncomfortable around maybe the more the violence and the mm-hmm. more nastier elements of of what you can see in viking films like yeah it's like i think they're all rated u or pg like mm-hmm. very accessible very entertaining mm-hmm. um yeah. definitely a, a a great place to to start if if you want to uh, take this journey of viking cinema as we have <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely um yeah and yeah, yeah. So, so overall, uh, what do you like? If if you could like make your own like Viking movie, what 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 would you want to see in it that you don't think has necessarily been represented? Because again, there hasn't been a lot of them. So you know, I'm thinking like yeah, I mean something like yeah, yeah. So something like the Northmen is definitely like kind of on my list of like mm-hmm. stuff I'd like to see Vikings. Just like the the grittiness, the the muddiness, the 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 nobility almost because it is like it is uh, viking kings and tales of revenge like you know it's it's literally shakespearean because it is the tale of hamlet um but another thing i'd love to see is just um 
and this is kind of based off my experience of playing the more recent God of War games, just a really um, hardcore adaptation of just Norse myth and just kind of, you know, the Ragnarok, Thor fighting the world serpent, kind of the the, the, the gnarliest tales of that Norse mythology can offer. Um, mm-hmm. And then otherwise, perhaps just seeing... Um, just like maybe not a watered down version of just like how the Vikings kind of conquered mm-hmm. uh, their territory. Cause it, it, cause like in the films we've talked about, like a film like the Vikings or a film like the 13th warrior, like they're still kind of intended to be for a, um, accessible, like, you know, they're PG 13, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they want to be kind of like, Oh, you know, they're Vikings. Take your, take your kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would like to see something uh, kind of, uh, and maybe this is kind of like what that that Vikings TV series um, mm-hmm. would probably have, probably would have done, where it's just like the the kind of that reality of that culture, where it's mm-hmm. just a lot of a lot of the times when it comes to kind of these groups of warriors, be it like you know medieval knights or pirates or Vikings or samurai, it feels like a lot of the times where it's like it's been watered down to mm-hmm. for like a for a mass uh, for as much uh audience appeal as possible whereas Mm -hmm. for me it's like what makes it more interesting where it's just like no no really get into like the nature of how they had to fight and how they had to like conquer to survive um and so which so those are kind of things i'd love to see from viking projects and i think the northmen might tick a few of those boxes for me Mm -hmm. so i'm very excited to see that next week Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because what's interesting is that, like, when I was looking up the Viking movies that do exist, a lot of them, like, are actually really obscure, like, obscure, yeah. like, almost, like, uh, direct-to-DVD films, and uh, and some TV shows like, you know, Vikings, you know, which um, I, I, I haven't watched. And I see, I assume you haven't seen uh, that show either, uh, Vikings. No, I think I think I watched like some of the first episode years and years ago, but I never caught on. <laughs> okay, yeah, I should yeah, yeah. I, I should check it out because it maybe mm-hmm. it might appeal to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, personally, I mean, uh, you know, I just, I, I guess, I just like to see more examples of them of mm-hmm. of this genre in action. Um, it would be kind of cool if. Uh, you know, if we saw a few more like genre mashups, or if we saw, um, uh, I, I, I don't know, like films more, me be more about that culture, like symbolically rather than like literally, you know, like you know, movies. Because you, you know, I know that the Viking funeral has been, oh yeah, <laughs> into like you know, sci-fi films, other fantasy films. You know, like that. That's an element that's been taken and applied. You know, and there are. Uh, well, it's like a whole bunch of other things that reference them, but it would be it would be cool to maybe explore it more, you know, in uh, in cinema. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, that about wraps it, wraps it up. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, the Northmen as well. Um, I definitely uh, I want to watch it as well because I want to. Um, uh, what is it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I want to see uh, Alexander Skarsgård be given like a quite, a quite a meaty like leading role because I do think that he is like. Yeah, I, I I think that he's quite a good actor and um you know he does have a bit of a mixed track record with like movies, but I do think that when he's given the right role then he can be really, really good. So I wanna see what happens when he's paired up with like, you know, somebody like Robert Eggers who gets like yes. a lot of like I mean, weird, yes. dark, intense myth like stuff out of his actors. Eggers is a fantastic filmmaker because he knows mm-hmm. exactly what he wants from his actors. Um mm-hmm. I remember reading an interview of Ever Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, about mm-hmm. when they were doing the Lighthouse, um, their rehearsals was entirely so Eggers and his cinematographer can just block out the camera movements. Eggers knew immediately what he wanted those two to do because he, like, he just he knew their skill levels, their talents. He knew exactly what he needed to get out of them. So having Eggers working with an actor like Skarsgård, like you know, that's not like it's not just like ah, oh, we can just get him. It's like no, he he wants him. He knows how to use mm-hmm. him. I I am very excited to see what Eggers is able to bring out of Skarsgård in the role, as well as with mm-hmm. the whole ensemble, because Willem Dafoe's in it again, mm-hmm. yeah. York's playing like a, a a priestess of some kind, like yeah. there's a lot of interesting characters, uh, so it's it, it looks like it's going to be a great time with cinema. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, and, and actually, I'll be um, uh, I'll be watching it uh, in advance as well. I'll be seeing it on uh, on Monday. 
uh nice. say yeah, pre-screening so you know i'm very i'm, I'm excited about that uh you know do it uh doing that seeing that uh maybe perhaps even watching it before like some critics that i follow have like you know seen it and like reviewed it and stuff like that uh yeah okay so yeah they again that about does it uh so that's a goodbye from me that's a goodbye from me thank you for listening mm-hmm. see ya Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.